Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is another episode of Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, and we have Kelly Cook here, and I'm going to keep it real simple today, Kelly. I already know the answer, but what kind of day are you having today? Is it busy? Is it is it just fantastic? Um, I know if we're thinking mindset, it's probably fantastic. Yes, let's be real. So let's, let's, be, let's be very real. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally choosing to say, you know what? It's, it's still a good day. There's a couple of good things that have happened, but it is one of those days where some things not so good have happened. Didn't go we're your not way. Talking, yeah, didn't, yeah, just didn't go. We're not talking like crazy things, right? Like, you know, health or, but we're talking just like, you know, real estate stuff in business real estate. I mean, there's, I can count three things right now today that I'm like, woke up as of this morning, waking up like, hey, you know, maybe I'm going to help this client out. Maybe that client's going to choose me over these other people. I think it's looking that way, you know, blah, blah, blah. This could be, man, I can one, two, three pieces of business today, you know, that, and guess what? As of about an hour ago, over three, mm. none of them panned out. And so, you know, you take about five minutes and you sit there and you have a little pity party with yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm human too. And then you're like, you know what? It is what it is. Now, how how, how could I have got better off that situation and and move forward to improve? Because you Don't can't let change it affect it. your entire rest of your day. Because yeah. those, if you let that infect affect your infect is actually a good, I, I misspoke, but if you let that infect your entire day is a good way to put it then you're, you could be losing out on more business from the day because of the mood you're in and the mindset you're in. And it's just not going to be like, it's not going to be a good day. You're choosing to, to let that ruin your day instead of choosing to take it, learn from it and move on and make the rest of your day wins. Right. That's it. That's it. There, there are no losses. There are no losses. I, I, I didn't hear this till about five years ago, but there are no losses. You either win or you get experience. And if you look at everything that way, it changes your paradigm. And it's no different than sports. I coach uh, my kids' teams now, and you see it whether it's my kids or other kids on their on their team. They they make a bad shot or they they drop a ball or whatever it is, and and they get down themselves because they're used to making you know plays or whatever. And and all of a sudden, the, the next play they screwed up again, only because they're still thinking about the play before. And it's easier said than done. I get it. Uh, and in sports, even it's even faster, right? You can't really have a pity pity party for five minutes. The next play is getting ready to go. Um, but if you, the ones who can are the, ends up, end up being the great ones because the mind is that powerful. Like it re- literally is. And so in business, it's like no when different. people get on hot streaks, it's cause they, they won and then they, they play amazing because they have the confidence. They didn't, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different, they, but it's the same thing. If you do one great play, you're going to kind of keep doing those same great plays. Cause you're on that hot streak where if you do one bad play and you let it affect you, it's going to kind of be a spiral okay. downward. Yeah, it's, I mean, look at Steph Curry, right? One of the, probably the greatest shooters of maybe all time at this point, shooters. And he still goes, you know, six in a row, he'll miss the three point or or seven or whatever it may be. And yet the average person would sit there and go, I'm not throwing up that seventh one because I, I, I'm obviously cold, not going to happen because he does. He just, it's unconscious, right? Like he doesn't let that mindset, he's unconscious. He just throws it up and and, and it's going to go in. And then of course, from there, he rattles off eight in a row, right? And scores 48 points in the game, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. So 
it's it's crazy how that works. Uh, he knows he has the skill, but and most people do have the skill. They just they just they they doubt themselves because a few things didn't go their way, and now you know what was me. So you just can't do that. And 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 I and listen, I I do it too. I try to limit it as as much as possible and get experience from it, and then move on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and choose to have a, have a good day, even yeah. if nothing good happens the rest of the day. It's still a good day. And tomorrow's a new day. Well, hey. And that's why my favorite day of the week is Monday. My favorite day of the week well, is Monday because, about that. <laughs> because it's full of new opportunities. You're in, you're in charge. It's full of new opportunities to go out there and, and, and do big things. And some failure is going to come on the way too because that's part of it. If you never put yourself out there to ever fail, you're never putting yourself out. And then if that's the case, you won't have very many successes. Mm-hmm. You could wake up every Monday thinking – and it's true that it could be the best week of your life. And that's a new yes. opportunity for you every Monday. Yeah. I guess when you put it in those terms, I still don't don't like waking up, but you gotta reprogram your mind, Elizabeth. <laughs> yep, Come on, I reprogram know. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Kelly's having a great day. And I like that he brought up um, you know, some of those losses. I think that one thing that not losses, but what could have he could have construed as losses, those learning opportunities, but the things that didn't go his way. Um, I think that kind of leads in a little bit to what we're talking about today um, in in the sense that right now, I know that we've talked about this for, I mean, a while, um, and it's kind of the same story, right? Listings are low. There's not a lot of inventory out there. Um, you know, we had that that hot streak with, with, um, during the pandemic and, you know, housing prices were up. Everybody was kind of jumping on that train to cash in that equity. There was a ton of buyers, multiple offer situations. It was wild. Um, and now that the market has kind of shifted back to more of a normal market, but Mm -hmm. very dry on listings. Um, and that's because the interest rates that kind of threw a, a wrench into a lot of things. Um, and, I think that the biggest objection that we're probably hearing right now is because of those interest rates, right? Well, are you interested in selling? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to move. I want to, you know, downsize or I want to get a bigger home or whatever, but I can't justify taking my, you know, 3% interest rate and throwing that into a new home where there's, you know, what are we like near 7%, like somewhere in that zone right now? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mid sixes to seven. Six to seven. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's probably probably the most common objection most agents are getting right now. Yep, we're hearing it all the time right now. Absolutely. All the time. And so yep. we kind of wanted to talk about how to take that that loss, use it as a learning opportunity, and be able to come back with that objection the next time you hear it with, you know, some options, some real options that you can offer your your client, your prospective seller on how they can still sell or what they can do if that is truly is the only reason that they're not doing something right now is because of the interest rates, because of where they're, the current situation. Um, Kelly and I kind of came up, well, Kelly mostly, but came up with a couple of different um, <laughs> options you can give um, people when you're hearing that. So let's jump into it today. Kelly, how are we going to help these people when they say, ah, can't do it, can't do it right now, not with these interest rates, don't want to give mine up? What, what yeah, do you and- say? Yeah, exactly. And and we've we've thought long and hard about this. And and these are three real options. Three real good options, I think. Um obviously someone could disagree. It's subjected to an extent, uh, based upon your risk tolerance, et cetera. But there's three options to that you really have to make that still happen. You know, if in fact you want to move from your current situation, your current house to a different one. There could be 
another one or two out there. These are the three main ones that we talk about that I think, you know, scratch or check the box for pretty much most people out there. So let's go through these. Now we're talking about the person who, uh, because like Elizabeth said, inventory is so low um, right now. Uh, the media talks about demand being low and therefore they paint this picture like the market's going to be, you know, dropping um, because that's what sells that sizzle. But the reality is, is that the supply no one talks about. And yes, demand is lower than average. No doubt about it. Even here in Phoenix, it is increasing, but it's still lower than it typically is. But what's no one, what no one's talking about because it's not as sexy is supply. Supply is lower than demand and it's way lower than it should be this time of year, especially in Phoenix. And so that being said, and in and of itself is the reason why home values are pretty much staying where they are. It's not actually increasing. In fact, if you look at price per square foot, median price per square foot in the greater Phoenix area, the last week of December was the bottom for this mini market, mini cycle we're in. And it has almost done a V, you know, with a little yo-yoing, a V from January to now in terms of going up. So the gains, so basically where we are today is similar to right around where we were towards mid to late August of 2022 here in Phoenix. Now, the market started to go down towards end of May, early June. So there's it's still down overall from the height of 2022, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it was so high, right? Because everything was on fire then uh, before inflation started to go high and rates started to go up. So, but it, But it's going the other way. We need some supply. Phoenix is underbuilt to the tune of about 270,000 homes short right now because of the population growth and because builders have stopped, stopped pulling permits because they were getting nervous like everyone else was when the market started to go, you know, a little haywire. Well, and things uh, were summer last like, year. like um, there were a bunch of delays on home, like the lumber price was crazy. Like Yeah, during COVID like, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, supply chain, everything. It all plays a role into this. And so the places that are having the most population growth, and Phoenix is one of them, is is starting to notice that this supply is not great uh, for the overall economy. And so I guess to an extent, it's kind of good. And it sounds crazy saying it's kind of good that rates are higher to an extent. Because if they were still 3%, holy moly, prices would just be going just astronomically blown through up. the roof, which is super. And inflation would have just blown up, right? A, a big bubble you know, bursting to, to an extent, at least in Phoenix. So that would not be good. It's not great as it is or with the inflation situation. But there are three things that people can do if they have low interest rates right now. And so therefore, they're not going to move uh, because they think they're stuck. and They don't want to trade a 3%-ish rate for a 6.75% rate. And frankly, I don't blame them. But what if they still would like to make that move? What are some options they could have? We're here to solve that problem for everyone on this podcast. Number one, the first thing you could do is become a landlord. Now, hold on. Hold on. That's the That's the option. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is we can set it up or help our clients set up, set it up to where, A, they're growing a rental or starting a rental portfolio while at the same time being hands-off. We have a property management company we work with all the time. They would take over all the stuff that you are thinking you don't want to deal with by being a landlord. They handle it. The fee is around, you know, call it 8%. It's kind of the going rate here in Phoenix and uh, of the gross lease. And so, you know, if you have a $1,000 rental, which is not really a thing anywhere in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm you know? like, that's cheap. <laughs> but, if you, yeah. but if you do, because I'm bad at math, right? You're talking, what is that? You're talking uh, $1,200, $12,000 for the year. And so 10% would be $1,200 uh, for the year. I mean, so if it's a hundred bucks, if it's a hundred, if it's a thousand bucks a month, right? That would be what? What's 8%? I don't even know what that is. I'm terrible. It'd be 80 bucks. There you go. Uh, a month. So 8%. There you go. So it'd be 80 bucks. Now, if it's a so double that and you're 160 a month, right? It's 2000 a month. They handle everything. In your accounting, 
uh, in terms of reports, they don't actually do your accounting for you, but they, the reports they give you to give to your accountant. So what I'm trying to explain here, guys, is that you have the option of saying, okay, look, I'm going to take uh, my current house because I have a 3% rate. My payment's super low. Rental rates come in at, or comps come in at X. And let's say when it's all said and done, I'm making up numbers, you had a cash flow monthly of 600 bucks a month. Now let's go to the house you want to buy. You want to upsize, downsize, whatever it is. And you have that 6.75% interest rate, six and a half, whatever it may be on your house. Your payment, your house, your house value probably that you're buying is a little higher too, as well as your rate. So everything's going to be a little more expensive. But what if that payment net net ended up being about $600 more than what you're currently paying? Or what if it was 800 and that was 800, 800 cash flow, 800 on that, or somewhere close effectively you could take that cash flow from the rental and that could offset, maybe not completely, but offset your higher monthly payment for the house you really want to be in for you and your family. And that, therefore, you don't have to wait for a year or 10 for the, the stars to align to make that perfect jump. That is option number one that you could do. And in, in the meantime, the property management company is handling everything for you. So your hands off. It's, it's mailbox, check in the mailbox, mailbox money. Um, and you're growing equity in the property because somebody's paying down your mortgage even if the house does not appreciate. Mm -hmm. So that is a really good option if you ask me, as long as you have somebody that can like give that solution to you in a box and you're just done. And that's what we're here for. That's what any good agent, any marketplace across the country should be there for in terms of for their agent. Problem solvers first and then deliver the results second. All right, number two, option two. And then third one's gonna be kind of cool. But option two is the, 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 the straight up, you're selling your house, you're taking equity because you have equity if you bought it anytime before May of 2022, pretty much, right? Especially in Phoenix, at least I can, I can say. You're taking equity and you're going to then plow it back into the house you want to buy to make the payment as cheap as possible to help offset the fact that you're getting a 6.75% rate. But wait, what if you did not do that? What if you took the equity and maybe you split it up? You took half. I'm just making up an example. You took half the equity, you put it down in the next house you want to buy, and that gave you a higher payment, a little bit higher payment, but it's one that you could stomach. Manageable. Well, I, yeah, it's manageable. I don't really want to, but I could, I can with my finances. Well, what would you do with the other half the equity? Let's say you had $200,000 of equity in your, in your current house you're in. And most people, conventional wisdom or thinking would be, hey, I'm going to plow it into that new house, get the payment down as low as possible in the loan. Okay, that's nothing. there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. That's the safe play. But what if you put $100,000 down, had a little bit higher payment, but it's manageable, and the other hundred k that you had sitting in your bank account now, you put to work. Maybe stocks and bonds. Maybe a rental house. Now, maybe two rental houses. Guys, the average down payment for a rental house, an investment property, is 20%. That being said, if you bought a house that was, you know, a $200,000 rental, 20% is 40,000. So my math with my math being, you know, just the average at best, that is two rental houses at $200,000 each. That's 40,000 and 40,000 on the down plus some closing costs. You have enough on the 100k to cover all of that and maybe even a little bit left over to do some repairs in the houses if then the houses you buy aren't perfectly ready to go. Now you have a rental portfolio working for you that these properties are cash flowing as well as, you know, you're going to have the depreciation write-off, which is the magical pill when it comes to, you know, tax savings. And then of course you have the equity that's going to occur. Meanwhile, you have your house you're living in, regardless, you have that house, your payment's a little higher, like we talked about, but it's manageable. Let's go one step further. What if you're one of these people that really believe, hey, given inflation is starting to come down and hopefully it will, will come down and stay down a little bit lower 
um, than what it has been here in the last 12 months. And you're one of those people that believe overall, because of that, we think that rates probably will come down a little more because the the, the government has to has kind of you know help the supply, restrain a supply issue that we have going on across the country. Otherwise, it could get you know a little out of control potentially in the next you know 12 months or so. And, and so that being said, they have to bring down rates a little bit more. A little bit more, maybe not down to three percent. Right? Let's just be clear about that. But what if we got to five and a half or five, somewhere in there? That would really loosen up a lot of people that don't have these options that we're talking about today to be creative. That would loosen up a lot of people just to say, you know, what, traditionally, let's just let me just sell and let me just buy. I'll t- I'll, I'll take an extra two points on my mortgage because that's that's somewhat reasonable. But four points or three point seven five points? No, not not reasonable. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna stay put. Does that make sense? So so that being said, if that's the case, and you're one of those people. And you're going to bet that rates going to come down next next year, maybe even two. Then on that next house, in addition to that strategy we just talked about, on the next house, you then get a rate buy down. You have the seller pay for it. You negotiate it in the new house you buy. They they give you the twelve thousand dollars or whatever it may be to do a two year uh, rate buy down. So two one they call it. And so your rate goes from six point seven five. It goes in year one down to four point seven five for the first year. Then it jumps up to five point seven five. So your your payment goes up with that. In year two, and then of course in year three, it reverts back to its full index rate of six point seven five for the next twenty eight years on your thirty year fixed. Or you could do a three to one buy down, a little more expensive, but the seller pays for it. Who cares? To an extent, right? And then you, that means your first year, your payment would be three point seven five, and then four point seven five, five point seven five, and so on and so forth, up to six point seven five in year four. So that's something you could do now, but Kelly, what if, you know, that here's all the time, but it's not a guarantee that the market will go up and they'll have equity to, to refinance. Okay. Fair enough. Fair point. You're not, you're right. It's not a guarantee, but if the market doesn't fall out, remember you put a hundred thousand dollars down. So you at least have the equity to be able to refi already in the deal. So if the market goes down 10% and it's a you know $600,000 home, that's 60 K you still have $40,000 of equity to be able to refi when the rates go down. So that is that is the buffer right there. So now it's still a gamble. You want to make sure you can you can qualify and be able to pay the fully indexed rate of six point seven five in case it ever goes there. Worst case scenario. But if you're one of those people that believe it and you're willing to take that gamble on the fact that rates are going to come down, which a lot of people believe that over the next twelve months, let's say, then that is a fantastic strategy and structure of a deal for an option. Number three, Elizabeth. Number three, and the right. last one. This one's the most. This creative. is the fun one. Okay? This is the fun one. <laughs> This is <clears throat> subject to. What is that? Well, that can be really, we can go down a rabbit hole on this. Um, uh, it's a creative financing, creative structure of a deal, how to get a deal done. But a subject to essentially does this. If you are dead set about not selling your house uh, and, 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 and all that, um, and dead set on not being a landlord, let's put it that way, option number one. But you would like to move to a better and better house for whatever reason, then you normally, if you wanted a cash offer, would have to take, you know, 15, 20, 25% off the market value of the property to be able to get that cash offer and move out. And then you go buy your house or whatever you're going to do. Um, on a subject two, it allows you to get a fully, a, a full market value offer while not being a landlord. Why? Because you maintain the mortgage in your name. You assign it, if you will, to a buyer. The buyer essentially takes over your payment, which is your low interest rate you currently have of 3% on your house. They take it over. Whatever it is, is $1,500 a month, they take it over. Now, then you assign the deed to them. They own the house. So the toilet breaks. 
if uh, the roof caves in, you don't have to do anything. Not your problem. You're not a landlord. You don't have a property manager company. You don't have any of that stuff. Okay. You assign the interest of the property over to the buyer. The buyer then assumes that loan and they love it because it's a low payment. They can rent it out and they're great being a landlord all day long. That's what they do. And they're going to rent it out and make a better spread on the cash flow monthly. Now, if you, now a lot of people say, well, Kelly, but hold on, this is not going to work because how can I go buy the next house? Because I can't necessarily qualify for that bigger house if I had this house still in my credit report. Mm -hmm. Understood. But the reality is on a subject to transaction, if it's structured correctly, if the new buyer is making the payments um, through a third-party servicing company, then a underwriter on that new deal, the vast majority of the time, will then say, We're, we, we understand that that's not your debt, even though you're on the credit report. That person has taken it over. They're essentially responsible, even though the, even though the, the loan is still in your name, the mortgage. And, um, and therefore, you qualify for that next house. That is now, there's all kinds of things called like a do on sale clause with the lender that potentially could, tr could trigger this if the lender found out. And, and that being said, there's ways to mitigate that too as well. This is a creative structure that that allows allows um, uh, for a win-win in the right scenario for buyer and seller both. But again, it has to be the right scenario. So there's all these different creative structures we can do to help somebody get onto that next house they want to get, even though it's going to be 6.5% on their mortgage or whatever, compared to the 3% now. But you just have to talk to the right qualified individual. And that's what we love to do here when we work with our clients to structure the right, basically problem solve for our clients and get them yeah. into the right situation. And if you're an agent out there, this is what you need to do. We are paid guys proportionally for the words that come out of our mouth for how we problem solve. And you can't solve the problem if you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. So you have to have questions to, to and ask more and more questions to understand what the client, their situation truly is. Because most people are not an open book out of the gate. They're going to yeah. give you a little bit of information here and there. And if you don't ask any more questions, they're going to be, that's all you're going to get. And that's going to be it. And you're never going to be able to solve the problem because truly you don't know how and what is, is going on behind the scenes. So there you go. And I mean, we've said it so many times when we've talked about, you know, ways to, to get, um, you know, somebody needs to get out of their house really quickly and they don't want to put it on the market and how to, you know, utilize like an iBuyer or buy the home yourself. Like we've talked in that situation, we've talked, um, we've talked about a lot of different situations where, it is so important for you as the agent to, like you said, problem solve, have all of the answers, or at least know the people who can get the right answers for your client. But you are the real estate expert. Any question that they have, or really any objection that they have, should be able to be met with solutions from you. So yep. kind of going back to our conversation here, don't take like, oh, well, I prospected, they said, nope, they're not selling because, uh, you know, because of interest rates. And that be it. Like, don't, don't take it as a loss. No, do your due diligence, Pro provide all of the solutions, um, as many options as you can to that seller before truly, you know, exhausting all of that and, and saying, okay, lost this one, not going to take it at, you know, not going to let it ruin my day, but I lost that one. But make sure that you're presenting all of their options because you never know one of those options might be exactly what they're looking for. And they didn't know it, it existed. Right. right and so right. you need to be the person to educate them on that. Um, but uh, Kelly, I do have a question about the, um, the third option here. What if they, cause it just kind of, I've never heard of that. And it, it piqued a question. What if the, the buyer, the new buyer, defaults on the loan. What happens there? Like they, they're not paying. They don't pay. Is it still your responsibility? 
Yeah. So in that situation, if they default, you have the ability to, um, to there's, there's, there's a clause in the correct contract, right? You don't want you can't just use a standard contract that does not address these issues or these scenarios that could come into play. So in that situation, you have the ability to take back the property um, and, uh, and get them basically off the whole deal. Okay. Correct. Cause yeah, I was like, listen, I'm like, Oh, this sounds great. And I'm like, but what, what if, what if they swindled you somehow, or, you know, something happened there? Like, how do you, how do you get protected it, from that? It, so. Yeah. Similar to, similar to like a seller carry, right. Okay. Your ability to foreclose on them and basically take it back, you know, that's that sort of thing. Um, so make sure you so had yeah. that question, guys, if you present that option, make sure you know the answer to that, because if any, if you're, they're a lot like me, they'd hear that answer and say, all right, but what if? And so good. I yeah, want to make you, sure we have need, an answer for that too. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do the you need to get a subject to um approved contract template from one of these in, in, you know big investors out there, wholesalers in your marketplace, an attorney, whatever it may be. Absolutely. That that is part of that option number three. Option number one and two, you can do with the basic state contracts right. typically, right? But yes. Okay. That's right. So if you're going to present that as an option, make sure that you explain all of that to them and have them set up so they're legally safe. Make sure you know how, yes. to, how to deal with that, right? <laughs> uh, be, be the uh, um, the food, fiduci fiduciary. How do you say that, right. Kelly? Fiduciary, yep. Fiduciary, fiduciary to your client always. That's right. Yep. Um, and never discourage them talking to attorney, right? That's always, oh, yeah. always, always give a disclaimer that you're not that and uh, and you're not a CPA. You can tell them stuff. all you know. And stuff, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, yeah. check with your legal professional. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, again, I know that that is the number one objection that we're we're hearing right now. And so here, we just gave you three creative ways really that you can overcome that objection, at least give them options for what they can do to still make that move, um, even in their situation with the interest rates, which hopefully will come down a little bit in the next few years here. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully within the next year, come down a couple of points, but that is the situation we're at right now. And so we need to know as agents how to address that, how to come up with creative solutions um, to allow people to still make the moves that they want to move and um, you know lean on you for your expertise. Right. Now, if you are looking to totally unrelated, but build a team, uh, of people who then you can train to have these conversations with people for you, please go to buildyourrealestateteam.com and download Kelly's uh, full on, you know, kind of checklist there, step-by-step -step guide on how he did it. Not exactly how he did it, how he did it and what he learned from how he did it. Things that he wish he had did when he oh, started. Yeah. Um, so please go fill that out. Or, I'm sorry, go download that buildyourrealestateteam.com get on um you know that that path forward and kelly if anybody has any questions about um you know talking to their clients about these options if they weren't aware yeah. that they existed um or about how to build a real estate team or literally anything else uh we were talking before this kelly has his hands in so many things he is um truly an expert <laughs> in like everything real estate related <laughs> kelly where can they they reach you and have a conversation yeah hey you know what text me Call me. Um, I love text. I'm way more efficient with it. But 480-227-2028. Uh, and by the way, social media is great too. At Kelly Cook Homes on Instagram. But YouTube, we love YouTube. And the channel is Everything Phoenix by Kelly Cook. So Everything Phoenix. All right. And um, other than that, guys, we will see you all next week. And we'll have a new good topic for you. Uh, we'll see you later, Kelly. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth.
Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. Thank you.